I'm Justin Bullard. And I'm Ricky Bullard. And we are definitely from the woods. So good uh good day everyone. We're on the line here with Ricky. Say hi, Ricky. Hey, how's it going, guys? This is and I'm Justin Bullard, and this is uh is from the woods. And on today, our very first guest ever is <laughs> Mr. Studblood himself, infamous from YouTube and the old Tiki Taki. Uh, Mr. Studblood, introduce yourself. Hey, y'all. Um, I'm Matthew Peebles out of Bryceville, Florida, and um, I started on uh, YouTube initially. And uh, I wanted to grow my YouTube channel, so I hopped on TikTok because it's the most viewed social media platform in the world. So I figured I could get more subscribers being on TikTok, and it's worked out. And now I just kind of got YouTube on the back burner, and I love TikTok way more than YouTube. But I still post on YouTube, but um, newly on Instagram, which... I call it Insta picture. Hey, I really don't care for it, but instant like gratification. <laughs> huh? Yeah. Instant gratification. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the, the the people I've met on uh, the hunters that I've met on Instagram. I met different group of hunters. I ain't, you know, there's a group of hunters on TikTok, and there's a group of hunters on Instagram. But um, I like them all. Uh, some of them are cool, and some of them are I don't give two shits about. That's right. Yeah, um, yeah you're uh, you got this. Uh, you got this stick you do on TikTok, man. It's working out really well for you. Um, I, I also have one, but mine's a bunch of other stuff. Yours is is almost what a hundred percent outdoor based, right? And that's your audience. That's right. I just kind of do the the everything involving with hunting, <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I love hunting humor, and I'm trying <laughs> to bring some hunting humor in the world. I don't see a bunch of it on there. I see a little bit of it, but I don't see a whole lot. And the stuff I do yeah, is just kind of immature. So I kind of like to make mine a little bit more uh, interesting to watch and view. And I get a good feedback from it. I tell you what, I I, I meet people out in public. Folks uh, listening, me and uh, Mr. Uh, Matthew are uh, buddies here over the last recent few years. And uh, I, I get to meet people throughout my daily thing like oh man you seen that stud blood guy i'm like yeah i've seen him <laughs> they, they don't know we know each other <laughs> yeah i saw your uh no walking thing and that that really speaks to me just as everybody knows i'll i'm an opportunist and i don't mind shooting a doe or two so i, I like that <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah there's a uh big thing on tiktok you know there's a bunch of trophy hunters on tiktok and mm-hmm. tiktok initially started as a kid's app which now it's it's a universal app. Everybody's on it. And, you know, just over time, just everybody just kind of got on it. It was, you know, what social media is about, you know, having fun. And, yeah, you see some negativity on there, but you, you see more positive stuff on there than you do negative. As long as you like the positive stuff, you'll see more of it. And that's what I like about TikTok. You just meet a you know, bunch of different people out there with uh, talent and, funny personalities man i tell you i did the uh the the trophy hunting thing and you're right there's a lot of you know quote unquote rich trophy hunters on tiktok and they like to 
judge people. But yeah, I used to do. I used to be into that whole man. I don't shoot him unless he's five, you know. And that's great, and it's a great day when you kill one. But uh, man, it's boring for the most part. I mean, you get to watch deer, but you go to the stand nearly every day, saying, "Well, I probably won't be able to shoot, but like once this year or twice this year if I'm lucky." Um, but your thing is, you like to make people think that you're shooting dinks. That's your spiel, man. You, I, I know your secrets, man. You're a big buck killer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, like you say, like, like just over the years, um, uh, where we're at in, um, Dodge County, you know, Dodge that County. There's no big bucks there. No small buck County, son. <laughs> don't, don't go there. Don't go ain't, there. Ain't no turkeys either. Nope. nope. <laughs> you know about that. <laughs> but, um, uh, birds got out in georgia uh a lot of people are there and hunting and uh leases have gone up uh tremendously uh you know say we we used to pay ten dollars an acre now we're paying double that and it's getting ridiculous but you know you gotta you gotta you know if you want to play you gotta pay that that's right. If you want to do the, the private mm-hmm. land aspect, that's that's what you got to do. And and a lot of times you kill more bigger bucks on private land. But you're right. You got you got to pay. You got to play the game. Yeah. And uh, going back in the social media thing for a second, I think that feed kind of feeds into the the prices going up. That's not the only thing, but you oh, know you're, you're right. talking about a lot of good and a lot of bad coming from social media. People arguing about you know equipment they're using, shooting small bucks. I hunt public. I hunt private. You know, uh, but some people are just doing it for the pictures and, and that breeds into the whole trophy hunting thing. But, you know, it's as long as people are doing what they want to do and, and, and celebrating with everybody else that's doing what they want to do, I don't, you know, it, it could do a lot of good for the hunting community. And, you know, I think what you're doing is your stuff's funny and, and, uh, I, I dig it. My biggest thing, my biggest thing, like you just said it, Ricky, people are doing it for the pictures, and as long as people are celebrating with each other, that's great. I don't care if you kill a five-point. If you weren't supposed to kill that five-point on our lease and it's a legal deer, I'm going to say, hey, man, enjoy your deer. Don't do it again. I cannot stand shooting a buck and having to wonder what somebody else in your club thinks about it. I can't stand it. And so, Hunter, man, just be nice to other people and tell them congratulations you never know if that's their best deer or if they ain't killed a deer in five years you know just support each other i think's big that's right mm-hmm. if it gets your heart beating and it gets you excited that's all that matters um <laughs> one more we, we should probably jump into this matt um tell us how the name came around because that's the number one question i get is what does stud blood mean uh-oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> Man, I've had that name. I, you know, this is how old <laughs> I've had this name. I came up with it and uh, recently had it trademarked. And um, back when MySpace was big. Oh, boy. Oh, geez. So, <laughs> <laughs> I was a kid and I loved sports, football, baseball, track. And um, I was big into working out. And I was. Uh, basically that TikTok that you made recently, the, the dirt bag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was one of those, right? So uh, I was always saying, I got the blood of a stud. I got stud blood. It just runs in the family. And I put that in my description on my MySpace profile. 
and uh, a lot of people thought that was you know crazy and just like weird like why would you put that and like well that's me you know what i mean so that's that's but now in the hunting aspect stud blood i was like you know what because when you first get on tiktok you're like man what kind of name am i gonna come up with because everybody out there has either got that name that you're thinking of you know whether it's uh red arrow outdoors or bloodline outdoors or or just anything outdoors it seems like somebody has got that name so i was like you know what i'm gonna use this name stugla because i know nobody's got it and i was right nobody's got that name but (laughs) but now uh as a hunting you know i'm after the blood of a stud and it don't matter what it is whether it's a buck a duck a turkey mm-hmm. or a bass. I'm after the blood of a stud, so we're all after stud bloods. And I, I thought that was unique and cool. And you know, it's my idea. It's it's me, and I think I can. You know, I can. I think I can get big with it. You know, every avalanche starts with a snowflake, so I'm gonna just kind of ride with stud blood. Yeah, you know, I, I trademarked it, and I recently drew my logo. And I had a company kind of perfect it. And um, I, I know you've seen my trademark. Or yes, sir. Yes, my, sir. Logo, my logo. I'm sorry. But um, so I'm once I launched that, um, I think a lot of people will like it because I came up with that too. And I drew it. So once I launch it, I'll probably launch it in a few weeks. Um, I had a friend of mine on um, Instagram, Headbuster turkey calls oh yeah oh yeah mm-hmm. ernie he is he is a good guy man i really like him. You, you need to get him on this podcast he's he, he's pretty cool man you'll like him he's from putnam county and uh, he actually uh makes turkey calls for rut daniels you know rut daniels oh yeah uh yeah didn't go 20 guy yeah, didn't go twenty. <laughs> okay, he's got, got pictures of his uh, turkey calls in his hands. I was like, "Damn, look at that! That's awesome!" You know what I mean? And he's got somebody like that that's uh, using uh, his stuff. And um, actually, I got a grunt call. I was supposed to show you when I pulled up uh, with my logo on it, and I think you'll like it too. It, it's really? awesome. He does good work, and he's good people, and uh, he's got the same interests that we got. Well, I think your mind's in the right spot, man. Um, by the avalanche, that's awesome. You, um, you got a unique name, and it's it's a memorable name. It's not like you said. I mean, Red Cup Outdoors. There's everything. Boggy Creek Outdoors. You got a you got a unique name, and you you obviously have some drive because gum you put out more TikToks and that <laughs> than I could ever. But uh, you know, if you if you're good at something and and it's rolling, and and my big thing about starting a new project like this is, you know. Somebody asked you years down the road, oh, why weren't you successful, man? You didn't share my stuff, man. It don't cost you any money to share my page. You know, it don't cost you any money to help help the brother out, you know, um, help push something along. Because if you got a good product and a good thing, your friends need to help you. And and, and they will if, if you know, um, that's right. But, yeah, I think you're going to be a household name. And uh, I'm here at the beginning. I want everybody to know that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, I like um, it. it's unique. What states do you hunt now currently? Currently, um, Florida and Georgia 
And, you know, another cool thing that I like since I was on TikTok is I've had a lot of invites. And I'm a weekend hunter. And, uh, you know, my job, with my job, even though my dad owns the business, uh, I, I can't take off like uh, a lot oh, of Oh, come on. I can't, man. <laughs> my dad needs me. You know it's hard to find good help. Uh, oh, a caveat to that. Tell people what you do. Tell, tell them what you do. Okay, so uh, my dad owns Baker Glass of Jacksonville, and uh, uh, I've been doing it for 13, 14 years now, ever since I graduated. And uh, my dad's been in business since 93. He started with Lee and Cates, and then he got tired of, you know... He, he wanted to, like you said, he wanted to grow. He wanted to make money. He didn't want to uh, make money for the big man. He wanted to be the big man that makes the money. That's right. And and that's what America's about. You know, you can, you can, you know, set your goals and achieve your goals as long as you don't fail. Just keep going. You'll never fail as long as you don't quit. I love capitalism. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, failure's okay. You can't be afraid of it because that's the only way to grow. That's right. That's right. So, um, what? I guess we'll go with what's your your key to killing big bucks in Georgia? Oh, and then Florida, and then going to Florida when you're done because that's two obviously two different animals, uh, completely oh, different oh. subspecies. Oh yeah, we got greyhounds in Florida and actual. <laughs> Georgia. <laughs> well, folks, um, while I ask them that, we might have people listening from South Florida or you know anywhere in the country. Um, the difference in deer size from North Florida, right here on the on the state line to to Dodge County where he hunts, just in buck like mature buck body size. Around here, a mature buck is one forty, one fifty. That's a pretty well a tank around here. I've I've heard of some bigger ones, but that's pretty that's well a, a tank. solid one. Yeah, yeah, that's a tank. And in Dodge County, gosh, I mean, what? Uh, 200 plus i mean on the hoof i mean a big buck what'd you think yeah um like last year when i uh was hunting near gum swamp um my deer weighed at 204 pounds and he was a nice eight point um well he's really a big six his his brows were worn down to about a, a, you know quarter three eighths half inch you know and um but real mass got some thick heavy horns um he just you could tell he's a, a mature deer and um just a solid buck but um <clears throat> uh the the heaviest we've got up there was uh my dad's deer and it was 236 pounds and i remember it was about 15 years ago because we, we've had our lease for 24 years and um wow yeah oh yeah oh yeah and once you once you get a lease up there you hold on to it um so i remember we had to get the lease owner tractor because we didn't have a tractor back then we had to get the tractor to go all the way back out and then pine and he picked it up with a bucket <laughs> that's right it, it was just it was just so crazy to us because you know us florida hunters were like oh my god this is a monster and uh he was a monster he was a 10 point and um real thick his main beams came 
all the way around and uh, almost touched at the ends. And as bases, you know, they it, it pretty much was like four and a half, five inches circumference almost all throughout his main beams. Like he was just a thick, massive buck. And it's pretty much his favorite buck on the wall besides his 16 point. He killed about three years ago. Yeah, go into that one because, folks, um, if you look at old Studblood's TikTok, or I'm sure it's on his Instagram too, it, uh, his his dad killed an absolute tank um, rack-wise up there. I guess you hunted him for a little while too. Well, um, the year before, uh, that buck was a 12-point, and uh, he just kind of slipped by. We had him in daylight, and uh, we had a lot of bucks in that area. We had – four or five good ones and um you know my dad was after kind of another one that was eight point but he was he was a great eight he was probably a 145 150 class buck and just a massive deer my mom actually uh, come to find out shot the deer but shot over its back and the bullet was so close that it actually i guess when it went over its back, it took a chunk out of his back. Like, his skin flopped over. Old vapor and, trail. Huh? Old vapor yeah, trail. Exactly. Exactly. We searched for it and all that. She said, it fell to the ground and kicked around. And, you know, we're just going off of what she said. Well, the next week, during that week, while we was at work, um, we came back Saturday evening after we poured corn. And I uh, looked at the truck, <laughs> and there the buck was with the top of his back, like, kind of swollen, and 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 piece of his uh, skin was flopped over. And Dad was like, you shot over his back. <laughs> <laughs> she was just shaking from the adrenaline. That's all it was. She ain't seen a buck like that. And uh, um, it happens to the best of us, you know. But uh, we didn't get that buck. But uh, the next year... Um, we got that 16 point on camera and um, my dad was like, oh man. And uh, he, he, he was ready to get that one. So he's sitting in the stand. It was the evening and uh, he seen the buck come out at the end of the lane. And you know how them deer do. They don't stand in that lane long. They'll stand out there as long enough for you to finally look in that lane and say, oh shit, there's one right there. He puts it up. And uh, he didn't have time to put up his binoculars. He went ahead and put up the, the scope binocular. <laughs> the, 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 mon, the monocular. Yeah. And uh, he said it, his n nose was going past the pine trees, and he took the shot. And uh, we went in there, and uh, we kind of drove in there. And my dad's real cautious. He's like, look, I don't want to go in there at night and run everything off if i missed him maybe he'll come back the next morning and uh you know i might have a sh shot at him again uh but uh, he just wasn't real sure about the shot and the whole time i'm like man do you smell that and no shit this deer was so strong you could smell him like it was you, you probably smelled it before and uh he was definitely in rut well, I was like, man, I know he's right here somewhere. He's like, well, well, we're just gonna, we're just gonna keep it cool right now, and and, and tomorrow uh, we'll go look for him. Well, the next day, that next morning, old eight point comes out, just another eight point. He was so pissed off <laughs> from uh, night four because he thought he done missed, 
And when that eight point came out, he's like, you know, it was kind of like a, a later morning and uh, about 9, 30, 10 o'clock in the morning, uh, the eight point steps out where well, he shoots it and drops it. And uh, we go over there and he calls us up. We go there, we pick up the eight point. He's like, well, let's go look for the, the other buck. Well, we get to that same spot where we smelled him and uh we walked in and there he was not even 25 yards in he was laid up piled up in the bushes and i said i knew i smelled him and uh dad's like damn boy you got a nose on you <laughs> old stud bloodhound <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh dog yeah that's oh and uh, it, it was just a yeah a good moment because it, it was the biggest deer he ever killed it was a we ended up scoring we need you to score him we always tell david to get you to scoring because we know you're an official scorer and sometimes, uh, sometimes and um we we rough scored him at uh 162 and five eights and um we're wow. pretty good but but not official but Regar- uh, regardless you shoot 160 inch deer in central south georgia you've done something man um folks <laughs> i don't know if he's painting enough of a picture for you but the land they hunt is pretty well legendary, and to get to, get to go there is about like getting a, the golden ticket to Willy Wonka's Chocolate Flag Factory. It's only like a few people that has ever been known to, to go there. <laughs> yeah. My favorite story is my brother-in-law, though. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead into that, then. Okay. So, <clears throat> we had this lease about, it was another lease, you know, um, we called it the Mary Lou land. It was an older woman. She was about 85 years old and she had a son that was single and, you know, probably 50 years old, never had a wife or nothing, but it was just him and her on 300 acres. And this is like the, the cream of the crop. This land is beautiful. It's got a power line running through it. It's got a nice, uh, 40 acre lake with nice bass, you know, just everything got gum swamp. It's kind of where the mouth of gum swamp opens up. And uh, you have to cross a nice old wooden bridge that used to be uh, 341 until they made 341 a hard road. So we're using a road that people used to drive 1930 vehicles down as as now as our hunting club roads, you know. And um, so it's a dirt road that's about probably 500 yards long and it deads in until... uh, miss mary lou's house well like every hunter when we go in there you know we're all going to the back of the woods you know we're we're, we're going deep back in there to go look for that swamp donkey that bruiser of a buck you know we, we know he's way back there in the back of the woods well one day um this black lady old male lady she stops us and um she's like hey and I'm like, yeah, yes, man. Well, this is my brother-in-law and dad telling the story. And uh, she's like, hey, uh, I just want to let y'all know every morning when I come here and deliver mail, there's a granddaddy buck that crosses at the beginning of this dirt road. <laughs> and uh, we're like, oh, okay, okay. And, you know, you, you, you can't judge so much off of that. You know, she probably were thinking, okay, maybe she sees a nice buck crossing the road, you know. Oh, young buck or something just crossing the road. Like, okay. And David's like, well, I'm going to throw up a climber right here. Just kind of see what, you know, uh, she's seeing. And we didn't run trail cameras a lot back then. That's what's crazy because we didn't run them like we do now. You know, they were yeah, a lot I mean, 
So we're like, okay, okay. So David puts up a climber, and uh, eight point comes out. He shoots it. He gets down. Well, he happens to run into the mail lady. He's like, hey, I, I think I got that buck you seen. And, and don't get me wrong, the buck was probably 115 inches, 120 inches. Nice buck. And uh, he shows her, and she said, oh, hell no, honey. This this is a baby buck. And uh, he's like, oh, okay. And now you have some context. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, she said, no, honey. This is a granddaddy buck. <laughs> and uh, we're like, uh, they was like, oh, shit. You know, what is she seeing? You know what I mean? And uh, so he's sits there again you know a couple weeks go by i guess and uh well the granddaddy buck comes out in front of him hold on tell people where he sat now from the rumors i heard he was sitting basically in the daggum driveway well like i said it, it was about a uh, 500 yard long dirt road but okay going road, back to the house yeah yeah but the dirt road is their driveway and you know, there's only two houses on this dirt road and at the very end of it is the son and the uh the owner miss mary lou and um so he's sitting pretty much probably about 100 yards 100 200 yards from the hard road and um not very far off the road not very far off of the dirt road not very far off of the hard road and uh so he's literally right you know right at the gate and um Come to find out, he that that was that granddaddy buck. His buck ended up scoring 165 and five eighths, and it was a nice ten point. And the body of this deer is what blew our mind away. The deer only weighed 160 pounds. You know, it wasn't like a big body deer. So you imagine seeing a 165 yeah. inch ten point on a 160 pound body. <laughs> yeah, a, a clean, clean ten point that went one sixty five in the state of Georgia. That is okay. And, and a fun fact about this deer is when he took it to the uh, GON, the uh, Truck Buck uh, Georgia Outdoors Network, it was the number two buck in the state of Georgia that year in two thousand seven, and the number one buck came from the same county. And that was a 176-inch buck. But when he got there with his buck, the judge said, hey, I want to score that one first. <laughs> so it just tells you how badass this buck was. I mean, this was a once-in-a-lifetime buck. Absolutely. And I'm glad, and it couldn't have went to a better person. You know, David's good people. He's married to my sister. And, you know... He, he, I'm glad he killed it. Uh, I, you know, I hate for somebody to wound that deer and, 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 you know, never get to see him again. And, you know, like that. So I'm glad we got it. It's in the family and, um, you know, just a remarkable buck. It's a legendary buck. And I think about caveat about David is let people know he's simple minded when it comes to hunting, he doesn't overthink anything and he kills a bunch of deer. He, it don't matter if there's a buck coming in the back corner of the Walmart parking lot. If you say he can hunt there, he will sit there over the pavement in a tree <laughs> just on the edge of the pavement hunt a buck. He kills buck because of that. I, I tend to overthink everything. Yeah, there, there's talking, something to be said 
for guys like that because that goes for deer hunting, fishing, anything. You know, we get so used to the norms and people telling us what will and won't work. And if you don't know any of that, you don't know any better. So you end up killing more deer, catching more bass, whatever. I was talking to Ricky today. I was at a piece of public today and the gate was closed and it wasn't supposed to be. And I'm sitting there talking to Ricky and I look over the gate of this public land and I started started noticing persimmons. And I started noticing a bunch of persimmons. I mean, there was like five tall persimmon trees, like 40 to 50 foot tall, about 30 to 40 foot, I mean, real tall trees. And stuff that would be a gold mine if you find it back in a swamp somewhere. And, and I'm thinking, I bet nobody hunts near this front gate. <laughs> no. I bet. <laughs> there were thousands and thousands of persimmons on the trees and then the, the persimmons were hanging like if they fell they hit the gate Dong, you know like that's how close they were <laughs> that's probably the the deer's uh the feeder uh uh alarm going off whenever it hits the gate <laughs> I, I promise mm-hmm. you david would hunt there <laughs> oh yeah but, but like i was saying you know we all want to run to the back you know we never want to come to the gate you know and and that's what people overlook. They all want to run to the back, but David yep. was at the front, and uh, he was in the right place at the right time. All right, um, that, go ahead, Ricky. I was going to say that goes to show. Don't discount uh, tips like that, like for the mail lady telling y'all about that deer, because I've come to find you know sometimes they may just be a regular buck, but sometimes they might actually talking about. I think it was you, <laughs> Justin, told me about a twelve foot gator out of a unnamed creek. Uh, that guy, Brim, old man Brimfishing, told you about. That's right. That's right. Yep. Um. I yeah, we we were hunting in Baxley one year. We hunted in Baxley a long time, and we leased this farm as a cabbage farm. And we went out there to scout. You know, it was late October, early November, whatever. We we're just gonna go hang a stand or do something. I can't remember. There's a um a tractor and a trailer full of Mexicans out there picking cabbage, and I tried to talk to them. They didn't speak any English, so I, I gave them a ten. I had a oh, it was December. I gave them a ten full of Christmas cookies. And uh, I just had them in the back seat. I said, like, "I want these," and and then I drew a picture of a deer track on the ground, and they didn't. They knew exactly what I wanted. Then they started putting their hands over their ears, showing big buck pointing which direction, telling, uh, like, drawing tracks in the road, showing me how big they were and everything. And my buddy killed his biggest buck to date in Baxley. It was a one forty three off yeah. of that field. That's called intel, wow. and I didn't even know the language. You know what I mean? But it, we still worked <laughs> it out. It happened. <clears throat> uh. Matt, staying on the Georgia piece, um, staying and what kind of terrain is it in has been the most successful for y'all overall? Would it be the cemetery track or, you know, what spot and what does it look like there? Well, I think the best terrain to hunt in uh, where we're at on our lease is where them small planted pines are. And as you can tell, there's a lot of small, long-leaf planted pines everywhere. And we always thought, you know, even my dad, you know, just telling me, he's like, man, you know, I always thought this too, you know, this is him saying this. He's like, deer ought to be in the lower levels of the terrain where it's cooler, you know what I mean, where, where, where the temperature is a little cooler. But that's not always the factor. Like, we would walk just scouting a little bit, and there'd be a group of bachelor bucks <clears throat> on top of a hill in the middle of the small plant of pines where it's 100 degrees, and we're like, look at this. And, uh, man, it just 
blew our mind like what are they doing in this hot area on top of this hill and when he went to texas he liked how that farm was it was a farm next to uh king ranch and uh, it was about a ten thousand acre lease and he was on a coal buck hunt and uh they had lanes cut through the uh you know that brush thicket that's out there in texas and uh, he liked that he's like man that's a that's a good idea so with these smaller pines when he bought land and when our lease uh cut the planted pines they didn't plant them the next year they just let the cutover grow up and my dad asked him hey can i cut lanes into this cutover and they're like sure and um they told him, he's like, once that cutover grows up about 10 foot high, we can cut lanes into that cutover and cut them like planted pines, and they'll grow just like planted pines and, and really? lanes. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, my dad's like, oh, okay. And he said, well, you know, do you mind if I cut lanes how I want them? And I'm like, sure. And, uh, you know, it costs a lot of money, even though. Georgia gives out grants uh, to plant your, uh, you know, land and all that. And they use grants and all to kind of plant. There's a lot of cool stuff that I, you know, just learning from the Georgia folks up there. And um, so dad cut, cut lanes through them. And uh, the cemetery stand that you've seen uh, is one of our stands, you know, with the eight lanes. And you pretty much, your head is on a swivel. And sometimes that, I don't like that because you're steady moving the whole time and your neck kind of hurts and, you know, you get wore out. You know, even though you're just looking around, you get wore out. Um, you need a rear view mirror in that thing. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And, um, you know, they'll cross one lane and then you get ne- get ready to prop up in the next lane and here he comes, steps out, you make a noise, and uh, it's worked out for the best of us, or for the best. Um uh, using lanes through the uh, small cut pines like that, and uh, what was funny is, is uh, that land he got in the auction uh, up there is kind of in the middle where um, me and you turkey hunted of a thick area, and it was planted with longleaf. And when he bought the land, he said, "I'm cutting lanes, and I don't care. If, you know, I'm cutting." <laughs> planted pines i'm thinking god you know people would probably like frown upon this but my dad don't care he's like this is hunting land this ain't Uh you know worried about the pines here nobody's raking straw on my land and uh so he did his land how he how he wanted it and you know you've seen the sweet setups he's got it 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 looks good it's we like hunting hunting and then planting pines more than we do in the uh the bottoms and all that you know what's funny about that is i'm the older I get, somebody told me about five years ago, and it's actually a future guest we're going to have on the show. He's an absolute slayer in uh, North Florida on leases, man. He kills his bucks every year on a lease. He's he's usually tagged out by bow season. Um, he told me, he said, man, pines that are from like five to 12 foot high are the absolute best to kill bucks in. So when I got my new lease, one of my, we each have two spots on our lease. We got 1,800 acres. We got 10 members, but we each able, able to claim two spots. You know, that's like a normal thing for a club. When we first come in the front gate off the main road, and I said, man, there's 
350 acres of planted pines here, and everybody's going to the back trying to get to the creek because the, the whole eastern border of our property is a big, nasty creek. I, I pulled right on in there, and I, you know, I made that my spot, and I built a box blind and everything else. I have killed a buck every year out of that club in them small planted pines, and including my registry deer last year. I shot him out of that stand in them short planted pines. And we got some pretty property there, but they love those pines, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I learned that. Go ahead, Matt. I'm sorry. No, nah, I was just saying I was a pretty buck that he killed last year. Oh, yeah, it was. You had to tell the story about the, uh, the registry measurement on that sometime. Yeah, man, that'll get me heated. We don't get into that Touch right it. now. I got, I got a bone to pick with the state of Florida. Whee! But uh, I was saying, yeah, I learned that from, you know, hunting on leases, the, the small pie. I mean, that's, that's just nothing but bedding, especially when it gets grown up in between them and thick. But, uh, you know, I kind of gravitate now towards, uh, you know, more towards food sources, but those planted pines, I overlook that a lot on public land because I'm, I'm trying to find something quick, you know, something, a hot food source. But there's, uh, I think a lot of people overlook those small pines on public land, honestly. Everybody has a strong point in their hunting, uh, you know, like in their hunting deal, you know. Uh, Ricky's is definitely early season bucks. Uh, he has somehow over the past, I don't know, six years really, I mean, I guess it's just a lot of scouting, honestly. But you seem to always kill bucks in bow season and muzzleloader. And I don't get, well, I, I don't kill mine until the rut and muzzleloader or, or the first week of rifle. But it's just like two different styles of hunting. I like to sit somewhere I can see a long way because in my, in my rule in the state of Florida, is the farther you can see, the more deer you can see. But Ricky, that sucker will hike three miles back in a gum swamp and climb a tree where he can see a total of 20 yards around him. If, if that sometimes. But you know what? Those early season bucks, he's getting in there tight on them in their beds and killing them where they're at instead of waiting for them to come out during the rut. So it's two different styles of hunting, but he's very successful at feed trees. And, and heck, he don't tell me all his secrets, so I don't really know, but... <laughs> Well, yeah, it's it's all about you know, getting them where they feel safe eating. But the same go, I mean, you can catch those same deer. A lot of those deer are probably coming out of small pines. You know what I mean? It's just uh, there's so many trail. I mean, y'all seen those? It's like rabbit trails in there. Sometimes there's so many deer trails. It's hard to pinpoint where they're coming in and coming out. Um, so they just like to focus on the food source. But uh, I was going to ask you, Matt. The uh, you know, obviously y'all heavily manage that land and the deer. Um, and it's got great deer already, but do you guys, you know, is it pretty much the established stand sites or do you guys ever have to try to switch things up to try to get on deer? Um, <clears throat> well, now that, you, um, it's funny you say that <clears throat> this year, uh, we, you know, we got an established stand and, and we always, you know, know where the deer are going to, people say why are you posting pictures of, of your bucks and, and i'm like well i don't have a leash on these bucks so <laughs> you know what i mean I, it's not a guaranteed and and we rely on the rut up there and i was talking to this guy in tennessee at uh uh cabela's and he was a bow um uh, he sets up your bow and all that. I bought my wife a bow up in Tennessee. She was wanting to get into bow hunting back then. And um, he's like, man, I'm best friends with Jeff Foxworthy. I said, oh, oh okay, that's cool. And he's got all pictures with him and all that. And um, I was like, man, you know, I, I know he hunts in Harris County, uh, Georgia. And he holds the number now. He holds the number two uh, record 
Bubba in Harris County. It's like a 172. And yeah, uh, I saw that hunt. That's a heck of a deer. Oh, yeah, hell of a deer. And um, he said what Jeff told him is in all the states he's ever hunted, Georgia's rut is the best rut in the whole uh, country. And he said this, the amount of deer that run, I mean, it, it's his opinion, but I, I stand with his opinion because I, we see so many bucks throughout the, the rut whenever it hits in late October. And uh, it's like Halloween and, and Veterans Day um, where it hits where we're at. And uh, man, I, I, I see so many different bucks uh, and people would be like, man, I had him on camera. And uh, when we go to the processor that everybody pretty much goes to in Eastman, B&B, and uh, we're like, where, where do you hunt at? And come to find out, they're like five to ten miles away. And uh, I'm like, damn, that deer, wow, you know, walked hella far. <laughs> and, his, uh, his, his, his doe was a track star. <laughs> right. Right. And, um, but this year, I'm switching it up. I'll hunt my usual stands, but I've taken a lot of interest in these Newcomb blinds. I don't know if you've seen them on Instagram or not, Justin, but um, it's a blind, but it's like you set the blind up as soon as you, you, you get out there. It's not something you set up weeks prior. You just grab it and you set it up and, it, and it's got two sides to it. It's like a triangular shape with two little shooting holes. And uh, there's this field that I usually drive through to get to my stand. And I put a camera at the gate just to kind of see if anybody's, you know, near our gate and, you know, kind of see what's on camera crossing that field. Because every time I get out of my box stand and walk to my truck that's parked in the field, there's 20 head of deer out there. And I'm like, my God, and, you know, I've only seen three does this evening. Like, what the hell am I, am I hunting the wrong spot? So um, I'm going to switch it up a little bit, just kind of, you know, just try different things you know uh sometimes it gets boring in that box stand you know and it gets hot in that box stand too yeah when you, especially when winter or fall don't like to hit until winter it seems like because last year it, it seemed like it stayed hot for a good while and dang sure and, did i hope we get us a cold winter this year man. yeah and um so I, i'm gonna try the new combine is pretty much i'm gonna use that turkey chair i bought at walmart and uh, set up behind this Newcomb blind and, 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 and try something different. Um, hey, it might work out. But my dad's always telling me, don't mess with success. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm yeah. like, oh, I know. But, uh, I'm just well, little do you know that y'all are killing the 160s and little dinks y'all are shooting up there. The, the 180s are in the woods, and they know where them condo stands are, man. So, yeah, oh. you need to try something different. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's right. And I and I'm gonna do it. I'm just gonna you know make it more interesting. You know, uh, just make it more interesting. I like to fit my hunts, and um, you know it's hard doing that by yourself. But um, you know I, I think it'll be a little bit easier hunting that field. And I'm just gonna try something different. But uh, man, you going to filming we. I went, he lets me go turkey hunting with him every now and then, and uh, we're we're trying to get his first bird this year, and 
My <laughs> God, old Studblood's got three, five cameras, whatever he's got out. And we're in these, <laughs> we're in these open short ponds he was talking about. And they, these turkeys are coming, you know, and, and he's trying to adjust his GoPro. He's trying to adjust his little camera. I would have helped out, but I hadn't had to work the cameras and I was working calls and I was going to shoot cleanup. You know what I mean? <laughs> I would like to try to start filming this year, but man, I got to get some dedication because I promise you if I'm on public land and a good buck comes out and he's not in the camera, he's eating, you know, I'm still shooting him, but I'll give you that. You're, you're dedicated to that YouTube because I, I'd have done smoking him down. I thought we was going to lose a turkey that day, but we got him. <laughs> out dead. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, uh, stud blood. Uh, let's go over some of your, uh, your gear you wear. What, what kind of camo are you wearing? Um, right now um yeah when i was on tiktok um i had i hunt gear reach out to me and um good people um i didn't you know reach out to them or nothing like that i was just kind of you know doing my thing and they're like hey man if we send you some camo would you wear it in your videos i'm like sure yeah hell yeah yeah right i'll wear it and um so they, you know, send me some gear, and you know, I made a video about it, and all my followers and friends were like, "Man, that's sweet! I ain't never seen nothing like that." And I'm like, "Yeah, man, me either." You know, I, hell, I've always wore blue jeans and a uh, mossy oak camo jacket. You know what I mean? Nothing special. Uh, I've always hunted condo stands and, and climbers, and, and you know what I mean. I just, I, you know, I just old Florida hunter. You know, I didn't get in all the camo wearing and all that and um so i hunt gear is a, a company out of florida and uh, they started off with uh backpacks uh palmetto uh backpacks and i guess they got big with their backpacks i guess their uh customers were like hey why don't you start making camo along with your backpacks mm-hmm. and uh, so they did well when i got on instagram and uh uh, I got on uh, 352 Hunting Podcast, and uh, their picture that they presented, like, showing, like, hey, we have him on our podcast, you know, listen in. <sighs> you wouldn't believe it, man. Um, I had so much hate comments. and Of course. Of course. And messages saying, you know, why are you, you know, I talked to the guy and smoothed it over and he, he, he likes me now, but, uh, he was, you know, uh, he knew the people of, uh, Florida camera and apparently they are, you know, they got a big, you know, beef going on, you know, Hey, he stole my camo and, uh, design and all this. And, and oh, so like a tree bark versus bottomland kind of deal. Yeah. But, but, but now, um, Florida camo, they got a, palmetto uh palmetto whatever um camouflage and um i guess they started first and um and they're saying i hunt gear kind of took their uh design or whatever but i mean it is different like i hunt gear is different than florida camo and to be honest i know if joey's listening right now but florida camo looks better and they have more stuff uh to offer than uh i hunt gear and um, I've never talked bad about Florida Camo and uh, nothing like that. Uh, I follow them on there on Instagram. And um, um, and then, like, I really started noticing on TikTok when 
my uh, videos were going viral wearing that camo. And uh, I've gotten over 2 million views wearing their camos. So I know I've maybe helped with their business a little, you know, people sure. see it and I advertise, like, hey, this is out hunt gear. But then I started reading the comments, take that trashy wannabe Florida camo off and this, that, and the other. And I'm like, you know, I don't know if y'all knew about Florida camo or not, but I didn't know about Florida camo. I, I just didn't know. I, I, hell, I didn't know Florida camo uh, existed. I saw your video. I thought it was the same company, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I didn't. And people did. And I said, well, no, this is I hunt gear, but I mean, hell, go check them out too. I mean, shit. This is America. If one company's cheaper, hell, buy them. If one cheaper, <laughs> you know. I guess you're you're kind of uh, advertising for both of them, then, huh? I think old Florida Camos just sling something your way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I had more people comment and say, "Is that Florida Camo?" And I'm like, uh, "No, I hunt gear, but I mean, go check them out too. Shit, you know, I, hell, I don't dislike Florida Camo or nothing like that just because I wear I hunt gear, but um, you know, and and, and that i'm not i'm not big in the confrontation you know i don't i don't i don't like that and i don't know what happened if who such and so stole such i don't i don't i don't know you know i'm not in it i'm just i just wearing the shit and uh you know and i like i hunt gear i like florida camo like the guys that are uh you know wearing florida camo and all this and uh i don't you know uh dislike them or nothing like that i'm just kind of i'm out here just having fun and then i started getting all this negative feedback you know like why are you wearing that shit and i'm like dude yeah you know, i didn't know florida camo even existed i'm sorry hell well, y'all just... have a instagram advertising y'all shit so you know i haven't seen I, I just haven't heard of them you know damn i'm i'm in the woods you know what i mean i don't get out much <laughs> i tell you it's some good looking stuff though for florida definitely like florida like like a river swamp or something, it does look really good. Um, but you need to keep something in mind the more fame you're going to get. Um, I don't know if anybody knows, but I was on a, on a small TV show one time. And what I what I learned is when I started reading comments and, and reading what judgmental people said about me, me or my life, it just ruined my life. Um, I like Joe Rogan's aspect on it. Uh, he said, he, he said, post and ghost, man. Do what you got to do. Don't get in line with the haters. Don't get in the mud and start slinging with them, man, because they'll always win because they have nothing to lose. But y- you're doing good. You try to keep your head up high. You try to stay modest, man. That's that's awesome. I mean, so. I like um, Posting goes. That sounds good, man. I like that. It sounds a lot like Jake and Bake, don't it? Uh, Jake <laughs> and Bake, man. Hey, when I shot that Jake, I'm just letting you know, I don't discriminate Jake. <laughs> you know what he uh he tastes just as good as a gobbler man that was your first turkey i i, I was so ready to see something die man i was like please shoot that jake oh i was hungry too i was ready to shoot him hell like i said i just uh every over the years just trying the turkey hunt you know and, and then you for everybody listening out there this man is a legend at turkey hunting <laughs> <laughs> infamy he taught me the duck ropes, and then he taught me the turkey ropes. And, um, I like like me going in. I'm like, man, we'll just you know what we're gonna put some decoys out in the field and just try to call them in. He's like, no, that's not how it works. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's not it. always how. It, that's well, it can work. But uh, and me and Ricky started turkey hunting together, and it's the same kind of deal. We kind of took off in our own directions. We used to hunt together for deer too, and he went the public ground out land route, and I went private because I didn't want to deal with people. But the turkey hunting kind of went the same way. 
I get so frustrated turkey hunting. I don't need another hunter coming in on me, frustrating me. But Ricky took that by the horns, and he, heck, man, you kill most years on public, don't you, Rick? Yeah, I, well, I guess it's been three years since I was in a lease. Uh, but, yeah, I killed, well, I take that back. I hunted with a buddy this year, and I killed one. I got one with my bow, uh, which was pretty intense, killing one with no blind with a bow, just, you know, calling them in. That was that was fun. But, yeah, I enjoy it. It's, uh, you really just try, you really, getting away from people is more important turkey hunting than deer hunting to me because, you know, you need room. You need room to work the bird. You need room to be aggressive and move on it if you if you need to. So I try to avoid people, but you can't always do that. Ricky broke one of my commandments of turkey hunting. Um, God, God said that turkeys were meant to be shot in the face with a shotgun from the ground in the spring goblin season. Ricky shot one with a bow. But you know what? It was probably a lot harder with the bow, so we'll let that one slide. Oh, yeah. It was hard. It didn't, it didn't feel the same, though. I got to admit, there's something about putting that dot or that bead on, on a gobbler's head. It's in the Bible, Ricky. You can't fight that. <laughs> I think it. I, I think you're right, yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I, like you both know, and the world's going to know come turkey season. We're going to have you back on there, stud blood and turkey season. But I am insanely passionate about turkey hunting. Um, I've I've hunted a lot of animals, and there's just something about a turkey, man. I just I, I kicked myself in the butt for all those years being in awesome clubs that had great turkey hunting, and I said, "Man, I ain't gonna chase some stupid birds around the woods." I I kicked myself for that. <laughs> Man, it's always like the big dog clubs that got good turkey hunting or something, man. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I, I tell you what, Ricky goes the public land route. I will pay anybody any amount of money to hunt turkey. <laughs> I don't care. If I can hunt a turkey, I will pay you to hunt the turkey. I don't care. Yeah. I'm not going to go to no farm raised South Florida Osceola, quote, unquote. By the way, I found out this year a lot of those places in South Florida have pen-raised turkeys. Come on. Oh, um, Oh, they do. I found I found the place they get them from, Buzz. So a lot of you, a lot of you people out there in the world that are listening that are paying twenty six hundred dollars a bird, just so you know, you're getting an Osceola that was raised in a pen. Dang. But I digress. We'll get to that in turkey uh, season. Matt, <laughs> I can I can w- be a witness to the fact that he's not afraid to spend some money to kill a bird because the first uh, time we went to South Florida, he had a wad of cash. I'm like, what's that? <laughs> Are we going to buy drugs in Miami or something? And he's like, no. He's like, that's just in case we can't get on one. I'm gonna find a farmer somewhere that wants to. Make some extra money. <laughs> hey, we didn't have pay. to use the cash though. So. We didn't. We smacked him in the face. Um, yeah. Uh, tell, well, one last thing there, old Matthew. Tell us about your your home place there and uh, your buck you shot there. Didn't you kill a pretty good one there in Bryceville. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, but I tell you what. Um, it was my second choice buck. Um, he he was following. Uh. Uh, 11 point and this 11 point was a talk of brassville and uh people in river bend hunting club had him on camera and you know i live on the river and that buck was crossing the river he was he was doing about a three mile radius right there um on everybody's camera uh and i was after him and uh man I almost grew gray hair over that deer and uh his brows he had he was a mainframe eight but he had uh a triple brow and each link of the tine on his brow was about four inches 
just a solid buck. And I'd had this buck on camera since uh, he was a two-year-old. And I believe when he got shot, he was a, a six-year-old. And wow. uh, oh, oh, yeah, this deer was a very smart buck. And that is impressive for Florida. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. He yeah. probably scored. Probably scored 125, uh, you know, uh, eight point though. And uh, uh, it, it was kind of narrow, but man, he had tines, he had brow tines, and he had thickness, and he had, you know, he just, man, he was just a solid buck. And uh, um, that deer, man, November 2nd, I remember I hunted my ass off. I didn't have a deer like that in Georgia. And, uh, yeah, I was just like, man, I, I've always wanted a, a mounter out of Florida, and this buck is in my backyard. And uh, so I hunted through the weekdays, weekends, and, you know, I, I, I gave it my best. And uh, I said, you know what, October 30th through Veterans Day, I said, you know, that's about the best time in Georgia. So I'm going to go up to Georgia and, uh, you know, go hunt up there. You know, I'm going to just give it a rest. Well, sure shit. November second, <laughs> Saturday morning, at seven forty-six in the morning, he comes out on my camera. I know every the date, the the time on my camera. He's looking at my box stand because I have my uh, trail camera facing my box stand, and uh, looking at my box stand, he was there for eight minutes and took good pictures. And I'm like, when I came back, you know, I'm a weekend hunter. So when I came back Sunday uh, around lunch, I'm like, I'm going to go check the camera. I swear to God, if the floorboard of my truck was rusted, I would have had damn holes in my damn <laughs> floorboard. I was stomping. Uh, <laughs> I, I almost came to tears. I, I, I remember my wife was so pissed off at me. She's like, why are you so mad? And I'm like, because of this GD buck came out. When I'm in Georgia, not seeing a damn thing, and uh, <laughs> man, I did that for years, dude. I would waste time going to Georgia like the third week of October because this opener in Georgia, and I'd come home and all my shooter bucks would be on camera in Florida. Because folks in North Florida, the third week of October, still bow season here, is when it's happening. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. October tenth, uh, I've killed three bucks. Um, on October 10th behind my house and uh, that eight point that I uh, killed that year that buck was on my camera I killed him uh, the day after Thanksgiving it was like a Friday morning we was off of work and I was like you know I'm gonna go behind my house and hunt maybe that buck you know still around it, it, it's like he was steady on my camera September through about uh, you know September to November 2nd steady on my camera and um I went out there, uh, you know, a few weeks later. I'm like, damn, he ain't on camera. Oh, God, I hope nobody got him. I hope nobody got him. And yeah, I was like, well, maybe he will might show up or something. Maybe hit that second phase or something, you know, or third phase by then. I don't know. But uh, <clears throat> went out there the day after Thanksgiving. I shot that eight point, and, uh, which is my biggest one in Florida. Um, uh, I remember December, it was a full moon. He showed up on my camera and i was like oh shit he's still alive well the next week i went to georgia and uh a buddy of mine's like hey uh that big buck got killed and i said oh god and uh 
it was the next dirt road uh, to our dirt road uh, at the very end of it. So diagonal through the woods, it was probably about 500 yards. And uh, some older man shot him and uh, never never got to see the dude holding the, the buck or nothing like that. Just heard he killed the deer. And he's probably one of them old timers that don't give a shit, you know, probably killed it from meat, you know. <laughs> just Sawed the there. horns off, threw them on top of the barn. Probably, probably. Normally how it goes. And, so, uh, so was he killed on Florida side? Yes, he was killed on Florida side. Wow. And uh, Canard Road. And um, so that that ended that. But I was like, you know what? I am. ain't got nothing to stress about no more. So I uh, kind of just wrote him off. <laughs> Deleted all my pictures of him because I was like, yeah, don't want to look at this buck ever again. But, like uh, going through a breakup. It is, man. It's you need decompression time. Oh yeah, I've been there. It, it, it was horrible, but um, um, but this year, like like before, I came over here, um, for the podcast. Uh, I was running late, and I told Justin, like, I'm running late, and he's all right, it's fine. Uh, I was running late because my wife's like, hey, there's a buck like 20 yards from our front porch, and I'm like, oh okay, it's probably that little six point or four point, whatever. I look out there, and I'm like. Oh shit! Started getting a little adrenaline. I'm like, oh god, that I don't think I have that one on camera, Chris. And then I got my monoscope on my iPhone, and it's right at you know, it was uh, about eight twenty, so it's getting pretty dark, you know, but still a little bit of light, but you know, dark. I'm looking at him, and I'll show him in a little bit here in the video, but uh, it's a seven point, but he's out of velvet, and um, twenty yards from my front porch. And... Out of velvet. <laughs> yeah. Out of it. Wow. wow. But you know what, Justin? Um, that land across the street from uh, Deep Creek that my dad owns, the 47 acres that Mac lives on. Right. Bucks are out of velvet at the end of July. Wow. All of mine are still velvet. Still full yeah. velvet. Yeah, but me I, too. I, I noticed the older deer are out of velvet and the younger deer are still got the velvet. So I don't know if it's like, you know, maybe the age difference, they kind of more testosterone going right. through them. I'm not sure, but that guy head busted turkey calls, you know, he's in Putnam County and he's got, he sent me a video on his trail camera of a nice eight point nose down following the doe and uh, out of velvet. And uh, he was saying, yep, FWC knows when to uh, put the hunting dates out. You know, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's how it is. You know what I mean? They gonna have a rut, right? way before our damn hunting season starts but uh that's right but it, it's that's just how it is I, i'll tell you what we used to camp in manatee springs over there and like you know chiefland area wherever that's at over there and in july in august they were full of hard horn and full chasing i mean chasing through the campground it was wild florida's a wild place man they i read the other day that there's only one month out of the year where a deer is not breeding in the state of florida damn yeah, yeah that is probably wild. there's probably one being bred in that month too. All the different little sects of uh, you know different groups of deer. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's wild. Uh, one last thing we'll get to our stud blood is uh, you, you tell folks you recently started started duck hunting. Um, and it's got a pretty good duck hole. And uh, what what I want everybody to know is that. This big, beautiful Willy Wonka land you got in Georgia is probably slap full of mallards, and I really hope we get to find out here this year. Oh, we are. When we 
He got a golden ticket again, guys. He's going dope with me. <laughs> oh, I'm not allowed to go buck hunting, but I'm going doe hunting. I'm fine with that. I told Dad, I said, uh, hey, uh, you mind if old Justin comes up there? He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he said, where are you putting him? I said, well, uh, probably uh, behind the cabin. He said, all right now. Uh, <laughs> I said, he just wants to, he just wants to doe. He wants meat, and you know, and uh, he said, "Okay, okay, okay." As long as he knows he he's shooting a doe, I said, "He knows, he ain't awesome. going to mess up his turkey rights." That's exactly <laughs> right. I'd rather not kill a deer. <laughs> he said, "That's fine." So I figured once we uh we gotta get up there and set up a stand, or we can set up a stand. Which I I don't know. We just gotta get up there. We gotta get up there and and figure out a spot and maybe throw some corn out. But I know some heavy trails, and that you probably don't even. Actually, that uh, where I shot the buck last year near Gum Swamp on that road I showed you. Yes, sir. And and, and where you said, damn, this is probably a badass duck hole. Well, there's a solid-ass trail that cuts between two natural little uh, water holes. And these water holes are about as big as your pond in your yard right here. Right. And there's a solid-ass trail that crosses a power line. Or, you know, the power line's next to our uh, uh, road that we ride on that we was looking for turkeys that day. We seen the turkey track and yes, and all that. Um, there's a trail that cuts that road coming from the power line that goes into that bottom that we walked in. And there's two ponds. Well, that trail runs right through the center uh, in between the two ponds and goes to my corn pile. So I was thinking maybe you could probably set up a, a stand in one of them uh bigger trees up in there and you won't even have to worry about pouring corn we just go up there and throw a climber or a, a lock on stand or, or whatever but, that sounds um, like a heck of a funnel i like those kinds of funnels right there yeah it ought to be a anyway yeah it's a i mean you'll you'll see the rubs from last year because i remember when my wife shot that deer crazy story when my wife shot that buck uh i was you know i'm always trying to put my wife on a deer first because she's had hard luck these past four or five years and um crazy story she has a uh seven millimeter 08 and uh this nice eight point probably 115 120 inches biggest buck she she would probably have shot ever comes out she shoots it falls down on the ground feet curled up got the trail camera picture of the buck laying on the ground with his feet curled up she sends me a text hey i shot one i'm about to get out and go look at him well, as soon as she gets out and goes to look at him, she looks up. He's gone. And she's like, what the hell? And uh, she texts me. She's like, he just ran off. I said, what do you mean he just ran off? So we went looking for blood. Couldn't find no blood anywhere. And uh, so I went down that trail. And that's when I found that trail going through them two ponds. I'm like, damn, this was the trail he was using. And uh, hell, what, what all the deer are using. Hell, there's rubs, you know, on every damn other tree that you look at. And um, I'm like, well, shit. And, um, and we never found that buck. Uh, so I don't know what the deal is with that. But from other hunters talking to them up there, they've had that same problem happen. I don't know if that's happened to y'all or not. But shoot a deer, fall down, and then freaking not even a minute later get up and run off like what the hell is going on i don't know if like the repercussion of the bullet 
I, I don't know. I, don't I, know. I read on that. This is the percussion hits it, knocks it down, takes the it takes the wind out of it. May not. Uh, an arrow is actually more fatal to a deer most times. More, it causes more trauma than a bullet does. But a lot of times that bullet will smack them and knock them down. They regain themselves and get up. That's why when I go to trail the deer for somebody, they're like, well, he was kicking in the dirt. Then he got, he got up and drug himself off the lane. I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, that mm-hmm. ain't good. They drag yourself off. Oh, no. Them damn deer are tough. Yeah, they're tough. But <laughs> After bow hunting more, I get nervous with the rifle now. I, I usually, even if they drop, I'm going to sit there and watch them for a few minutes. <laughs> hey, bullets are cheap, relatively. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what i told her i said he gets up again you shoot again and uh i was kind of mad but i was i was just mad at the damn deer more so and she's like why are you mad i'm like damn i want you to kill one so bad mm-hmm. and uh you know just again bad luck and uh she didn't even want to hunt again that year and i was like damn babe and uh but can't blame her i'd have been pissed too but uh <laughs> she worked hard for it man you gotta understand yeah, but uh, oh, the duck hunting. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, behind the house, um, when you came hunting with me, we had that one fly in, and you're like, just wait, just wait. More probably flying, and you know, nothing did. So we, we started walking, and we went to this other flooded area, Correct. which was the honey hole, and uh, went to that honey hole, and there was probably three or four drakes and about three or four hens swimming around and and we kind of you know they seen us I, it was crazy they seen us so good you know like that quick and oh cool. yeah lasers man and uh so the next week i went by myself filmed it and um put on my youtube channel but uh i had a drake fly in and i was like Shit, i'm shooting this one i don't care i ain't waiting on another one shot that one and uh I was so damn happy over that one drake. I was like, I'm done hunting. And uh, then I was like, well, damn, how am I going to get this damn duck out of the pond? So <laughs> I ain't got no dog. I went up the house, grabbed a fishing pole. I even put it on YouTube, like me fishing for the damn duck. Took me about, luckily, it only took me about 10 minutes. But uh, put a, a, a whopper plopper with treble hooks on it and threw it out there, hooked him, and uh, learned the trick now. You throw a log out there in front of the duck, and then you throw your uh, lure over the log and try to hook that log or stick. Oh, yeah. And then you pull the duck in like that. It's much easier. And uh, little, little shit I learned by myself now. I, mean, I was proud of myself. Good old redneck ingenuity. That's right. That's right. So um, so anyways, that, that was cool. Well, then old guy on uh, TikTok, Brandon Schlegel, you'll like this dude. He, he He's like, man, uh. You mind if I come duck hunt with you? And uh, that was the weekend I asked you. I said, "Well, let me ask my buddy. He's wanting to take his son and all this." And uh, you were busy or something, had something going. And I said, "Okay, well, he he can't go, so you can come ahead and go with me." Well, we get out there, and he had all of his wood duck decoys, and um, I had my GoPro on my hat, and uh, we're sitting there behind the uh, uh, cypress trees on this pond, and uh, he's kicking at the water. I got my little uh swim line rc swan out there in the middle just doing 360 circles you know my little yeah yeah folks y'all need to check that out on his tiktok that's pretty cool yeah i got over uh two million views on that and i actually uh was talking to a friend and uh he said man i don't know if y'all ever heard of dive bomb industries i haven't no it's a big duck company up north and uh like this little joker right here just changed the game and uh 
buys a twenty. Oh, I'm sorry, a fifteen dollar little swan, painted it to look like a wood duck, and he is messing up our business. Yeah, they're just kidding around, you know. Because uh, <laughs> hell, them electric uh, uh, ducks—they're about two hundred dollars. Oh know? yeah, on the mojos, and they—they yeah, they cost a lot of money. Anything I, duck hunting costs a lot of dang money. Oh right, right, right. And uh, I done damn got a fifteen dollar toy from the uh, pinch a penny uh, pool company <laughs> and uh, <laughs> put it out there. Hey, it worked. And what's crazy is that morning was the best morning. Um, we had. I mean, flights of ducks coming in. It was an airport that morning, and it was 28 degrees. Um, clear, 28 degrees. I mean, it was beautiful. Couldn't ask for better weather. Well, the morning and, me and you went, it was like 78 degrees. So, Yeah, yeah. But there were still ducks, though. There were still ducks. I think, like you say, it was just it's just a natural habitat for them. They're going to be in there no matter. and um, Or whatever. And... Um, so they, they flew in like an airport, and uh, he's like, man, I want a drink. I've always wanted a drink. And uh, shit you not, we had uh, flights of ducks come in. We missed a lot. I missed a lot. My damn shotgun that I had jammed on me a few times. And uh, that's that's why I want to buy an automatic shotgun soon. And um, so he ends up shooting three Mergansers. Wow. I never knew the Mergansers came back there that far, but or whatever. But um, then he shot a Drake, and I shot a Drake, and um, we, we just had a good morning. And um, but uh, so the next weekend he comes back out, and uh, he's like, "Man, we just had such a blast. Can I come back out again?" I said, "Sure, man, sure." So we didn't see nothing at that pond, and that video I made. Uh, that kind of went viral about do y'all think this pond will be good for mm-hmm. duck hunting? And I remember you telling me, ah, man, I don't think well, you know, it being this close to your house, whatever, I don't know. You know, I think they're more on that river or, or, or in them flooded spots or, you know, natural ponds back there. I think it's just too open right here. Right. We didn't see shit that morning and I said, you know, let's go to this pond that my dad had dug, you know, a while back and uh, we get up there and uh, I shit you not, there was 15 ducks swimming, and there was about, shit, probably 10 drakes and five hens swimming around. And uh, we're like, holy shit. So we get in commando style. We're crawling on the ground trying to, you know, get our closest shot to them. And all we had to do was sit at the end of the pond. And uh, where we came out of the woods was at the end of the pond. And... um we're like, man, we got to get close to them because they was on the other side of the pond. So we're crawling, crawling, crawling. We look up. They're headed to the end of the pond. I'm like, it! we should have sat there. Son of a bitch. <laughs> and uh, where we stopped, where they were coming through, we were in this thick spot where there's trees right there uh, next to the bank. And uh, we're sitting there like, oh, shit, we got to find an opening in these trees. And uh, as soon as we found, I said, I know you want a Drake again. Yeah. I said, uh, when he gets to that opening, you shoot and I'll shoot this hen. So as soon as they got the opening, we shot boom, 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 boom. And they flew off and we missed. <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> yeah. We, we couldn't even water swat. You them. missed the water swat. <laughs> yeah. we missed. 
but uh it was fun though he's like damn man and uh so we're walking down the bank and we're like son we're gonna we wasn't on the bank we was kind of on the road next to the bank and we heard a little splash we're like what the hell and we look up well i thought i missed i actually wounded a hen and um so the hen splashes and goes to take off while i shoot well she nose dives into the water and uh i'm like okay so we got our waders on and uh man we searched and searched couldn't ever find that duck and he's like well sometimes and i heard this from you sometimes they'll latch on whenever they go to dive in that water like that and, and just basically just suffocate yourself or whatever drown yourself yeah and, uh, sometimes so that was a fun experience but i tell you what uh when you brought me into uh duck hunting and turkey hunting yeah you know, everybody's like you know uh one two and three and one being the best uh would you rather deer hunt turkey hunt or duck hunt that's a hard question. Not for me. <laughs> Not for me. I want a turkey hunt, turkey hunt, turkey hunt. I hear you. But damn, that's a hard question because it's all fun. You know, it's I mean? all it's all fun in its own right. It's a fun at different times, you know. And like like Ricky was saying, it, you, there's a switch that happens between deer and turkey season. But the problem with duck season is it's right in the smack dab in the middle of deer season. Right. Right. Yeah, I can't afford to be obsessed with anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, they're all stud blood. Give everybody your uh, social media handles, and we'll uh, we'll wrap this baby up. I know all that right. you had a discrepancy on your Instagram, right? You had an underscore somewhere or something. What do you mean? You uh, something about your name? Somebody had your name at some point. I thought I heard, or was I mistaken? Oh, uh, well, all I had to do was put the underscore oh, at okay. the end of it, but somebody has some. Uh, it was basically written out like mine, but it, it, it was at a, uh, looked like a spam account or something. Didn't have no followers, didn't have, uh, uh, no following on it. And I was like, what the hell is this? Like somebody just made it and never did nothing with it. But, um, that's okay. Now I got a trademark, so I ain't worried about shit. But, um, right. um, yeah, uh, go to my YouTube, um, stud blood. Um, I don't post as much on there, but I will post more hunts and um, um, some fishing videos um, mainly like to post hunting videos and uh, just me self-filming you know uh, a lot of people respect self-filmers out there because they know how hard it is and, Absolutely. Uh, um, and I want to tell you something too uh, Justin that um, invest in a GoPro because uh, like you say you could, it gets good quality um, uh video and uh the stabilization on it's really good and um i'm actually bought a stabilizer that hooks to my uh that make my gopro hook to my bow and um i'm gonna put the gopro at the end of my stabilizer and, and click the button and let it roll you know that way right. yeah so it just makes it easier but um anyways uh go to stub blood on youtube um go to tiktok at Stub Blood, and um, that's where I post the majority of my uh, content on. I just have a lot of fun with it. I'm sure you'll probably laugh or say, this dude's cheesy as hell. Hey, <laughs> man, you, just, got, you got something that's working. Keep doing it. Oh, I'm, I'm going to try. I'm just keep grinding. And, and folks, um, that is a, it's S-T-U-D-B-L-U-D. It's spelled a little different, so. Um, 
and uh, and if you want to, uh, I'll probably just here on out. I'll just post pictures on um, Instagram. I'm kind of done with the reels on Instagram, yeah. but go to Instagram as well. Stud Blood, how he spelled it underscore, and uh, I should pop up pretty easy. But um, I'll post all my you know harvest pictures and uh, family pictures and. Uh, just, just a little bit of everything. Uh, just, you know, I've always heard being on social media, if you got it, post it and That's right. just post it. So, uh, you know what, you know what it. your best video is going to be this year on YouTube? It's <laughs> going to be that? when I go up for my doe hunt and I don't care about a buck and that 180 we were talking about comes by and I just film him. You guys, that's going to be the best video you got. <laughs> Lord, I hope he comes out second for your sake. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Film him at least. <laughs> But uh, after you shoot that doe, just remember, you know, no walking. No walk. <laughs> All right, Ricky, you got anything? No, sir, I'm good. Thanks for coming on, man. It was good talking to you. Hey, appreciate it. I hope I can come back on in the future, and uh, maybe we'll have some more stories to tell in this upcoming season we got going on. We will definitely time... uh, bet bring you back around, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, I appreciate it, Bob. <clears throat> All right, folks. Well, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Let us know how we can change or make things better, um, and we might listen to you. But other than that, y'all have a good night, and I appreciate it. Later, Ricky. Later. Y'all have a good night. Later, Matt. All right, later. No walk. No walk. All right, folks, thanks for tuning in. Y'all stay with us. This train's going to keep on rolling. I promise you we're going to have some great episodes, some great guests. You're going to learn some stuff, and so are we. Thanks again.